need some motivation on your Chinese business endeavor, may be curious about what the Chinese business environment is all about, or want to laugh out loud listening to war stories on the ground in China, then this is your show, China Business Cast. Hey guys, welcome to another China Business Cast. I'm here with Mike. So this week we're uh, two different parts of the world. Mike is uh, in China and I'm in the US visiting for uh, a couple of weeks. Hey Mike, how are you doing? I'm, I'm okay, I'm okay. We actually have a live China war story for you and yeah. this is regarding this uh, recording we had. So eventually it's just me at the recording. You won't hear Mike and we got a re- good reason for that. But this is because Mike had some... How would I say? How would I? How would you call Maybe it? Maybe complications. <laughs> yeah, I guess we call it complications. Sure. Um, and that's the reason. So, uh, Mike, go ahead. Yeah. All right. Uh, we were talking before this show. Of course, this could be like a half an hour story here. So you know, so we'll just cut me off if I start dragging. But basically, yeah. I mean, I'm going through the process of year, my yearly renewal on my my China residence, you know, permit and and work visa. So it's a lot of paperwork and and things and I'm I'm preparing mentally for it you know it's going to be at least you know a half a day type event but uh you know we had this this interview scheduled and Andy's a great guest we'll you know, we'll talk about that in a minute but so I went in and uh you know I filed my paperwork and the 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 part where it gets complicated is my my son Miles is uh you know a little bit over a year year old now and he has a he's a dependent dependent of course he can't work and uh, he's an american citizen like i am so he needs a visa in china so we just said oh we also want to renew the permit for miles my son because you know he's under me and then there was this huge complication at and the i don't know, i think the agent just visa agent just doesn't like us or me or maybe my wife or or something and it was just back and forth about we have to go to the u.s embassy to get a visa for china for my son and i i I never did that and they said that all all americans have to go to u.s embassy first and then can get a china visa so i i don't know what she was talking about and then we went to the supervisor and I don't know, this lady just wouldn't even listen to her supervisor, and now we filed my paperwork, but after, you know, extra hours of uh, my, my mostly my wife being involved in disputing this, uh, we still didn't get to file for my son, so I got a couple extra weeks to figure this out for my kid, but... Um, that was the reason, and you know, Shalom and I were talking, and I was trying to get back to a stable internet because it's pretty loud and yeah. crazy at a visa office and the government office. But, uh, but uh, that's my excuse for missing this amazing interview. <laughs> <laughs> my solution is sending Miles to work. Yeah, yeah, we'll get him a job. <laughs> Never get a job. He's always looking at my laptop and trying to get, you know, <laughs> push buttons and stuff. So maybe he's qualified. Who knows? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, so that's the quick story. Of course, if anybody's interested, you can always reach out or uh, maybe I'll make a blog post about it. But um, or if you have ideas, I'd love to hear from you guys about how to fix that. But yeah, back back to business. So I think Slobo and I are I'm excited to, to to announce we're going to start to have a, a mastermind is what they call it. Basically, a group call with, I think we want to keep it to a little bit smaller, you know, maybe eight people to, to kind of maximize it for everybody. We're still kind of trying to give it its own name. If you have some name ideas, Shlomo, you, you, have, some, you have some ideas for names or... 
Uh, well, we thought of calling it the communists, but I don't think it's going to work. Yeah, that might be that might be hard for me to get my visa renewal, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, so we we can actually give a bonus if people have some good some good ideas. We'll give them um, one month free free membership for the mastermind if if we pick your name. So you can shoot that over to to us at Mike at ChinaBusinessCast.com or Shlomo at ChinaBusinessCast.com. And uh, the page, if you want to read about, about it and apply and learn more information, we're going to get that up by the time the show is online. It's at ChinaBusinessCast.com slash mastermind. And that will give you more information and an application form for you to uh, to get involved. So we hope to get some people uh, giving us some feedback and applying. Yeah, we'd be very. We're very excited about this uh, program, and uh, we hope to get cool people in. As Mike said, we're keeping it small for now. We don't know how small it will be in the future, but definitely the first group gonna get the best, the best of everything. Definitely, uh, it's gonna be me and Mike leading this together at the same call. So you get both of us in, and it's a relatively small group. So that's a good value. Definitely, definitely. So, so get. Get involved now, and uh, <laughs> and then Shlomo, you got some something to share too, right? So yeah, the other our our other uh, exciting announcement is that we are actually getting sponsors now into China Business Casts, and we're actually working on the final recordings of our first sponsors. So if you want to sponsor this show and uh, join us, then let us know again. Email to. Mike at ChinaBusinessCast.com or Shlomo at ChinaBusinessCast.com. Tell us who you are, why you're interested, and uh, file an application. And we'll get back to you on this with all the details. Cool, cool. So without further ado, I think we'll get into the interview where I left poor Shlomo on his own for this recording. (laughs) We have an amazing, amazing guest so and the content I you know I listen to it and I I think it's a really great great content, but uh, you know it's Mike approved. I approve. So if you guys are upset a little bit about the quality, just realize you know I don't yeah, want to. Got, I can't got, blame uh, the Chinese internet this time, but uh, you know we we want to make sure we're giving you guys great value and uh, you know of course or we always appreciate your feedback and if if uh, if there's any, anything you want to say just uh, shoot it to me and uh, sure. we'll always take your feedback. Great. So do you want to talk about the, the guest a little bit, Shlomo? Yeah. So this week we have Andy Tian. He's a long internet mobile app veteran in the Chinese market, has his own startup now called Pengpeng. And he's a ex-Zinga uh, China general manager, as well as, as, well as uh, helping Google come to China. So he's got this guy has a lot of experience. Uh, on what's going on in that field in China has got a, a lot of knowledge and he was uh, kind enough to come to our show and share that with us so there is a lot of uh, great insights there again the quality is of the sound sometimes lacks and we apologize on that but we managed to do some kind of editing as much as we could to bring you the best content in okay great great and now now let's dig in yeah let's dig in I'm a co-founder and CEO of uh, China's first gamified social app called Pengpeng. So I started Pengpeng two years ago with my co-founder, who was the, uh, the previous vice GM of Tencent's corporate department, where he had up all of Tencent's 
mobile strategy. So together, we want to really merge the best of uh, Eastern and Western social techniques to create a truly uh, a world-class mobile app that originates from China. So since we launched our app in June of last year, we have over 30 million users and we become one of the fastest growing apps in China. And also we hold the record for highest traffic and mobile HTML5 app, which is about 180 million daily page views. That was the that record was set back in April. So prior to that, I was the general manager of Zynga China and for three years. And prior to that, I was uh, involved in many uh, startups as well as international companies, including the Boston Consulting Group and uh, Google China, where I led Google's mobile business from 05 to 07, where uh, one of the, the interesting things I did was to introduce Android into the China market. So hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of uh, China Business Cast. We have Andy Tian today speaking about, I guess our main topic would be games in China, things like that. Uh, Andy is an uh, ex-Googler in China, ex-Zynga GM in China, and now has his own uh, company, already several ones, actually. That's, I don't know, he'll tell us how many already, doing Pampang, which is also a social app, and we're going to hear soon a lot about it, I'm sure. Andy, how are you? Oh, good. Thank you for having me. Awesome having you. I'm really excited about that. We've been uh, preparing for this uh, interview, kind of figuring out what would be the best good stuff to ask you, because you've got an amazing, amazing experience in the China market, about gaming, about apps, something that I'm very interested in. Uh, Mike is also very interested in, so we're very glad to have you. Sure. No, just ask me. <laughs> okay, um, so I'm, I'm just going to start with with uh, a pretty general question. Then I guess we'll we'll just uh, we'll dive in. So sure. I'm looking now at your uh, LinkedIn profile, and uh, you, I guess you had kind of a dream career, bringing Google to China and uh, managing Zynga. You know, selling your company to Zynga, then doing Zynga in China, and now doing Pempeng. Um And it's kind of you had a really good set of roles in the Chinese market. And I wonder which ones, if, if leading your own company, was you think was the best one or bringing international in? What was the balance between the two? What do you prefer? I think it's, uh, so I actually came to China in 2000. Mm -hmm. So uh, to actually to start a company in 2000. So I've been at, uh, this is my, my fourth, my fourth startup in China uh, that I've started. Uh, and then, uh, so I've always, in, in between, I worked at the at Boston Consulting Group, uh, Google, and Zynga. So kind of I've, I've oscillated around between very small companies to very, very large companies. So kind of the, uh, the, 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 the difference between, and all those revolve around, and for large companies, it's always all revolve around entering China. Mm -hmm. um, and a large companies, foreign companies in China. And for, for small companies, is actually the last two have been how do we, how do I actually bring what I call advanced products and concepts from China to the rest of the world? Mm -hmm. So I think that, that uh, your question is very, is very timely because uh, China is on the cusp. Uh, previously, China has always thought about a place where um, large foreign companies should enter China because a large market yeah. and a large set of users, it's one of those final place to conquer 
kind of things for uh, for companies like Google, for Facebook, and any other Silicon Valley based uh, tech tech companies. Mm-hmm. But I think recently the 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 questions are becoming more: How do Chinese companies? Uh, how do both the Chinese uh, large, huge, I would say huge world class companies like Tencent, Baidu, Alibaba? How do they expand and become international? And how do a generation of new innovative uh, companies from China are already conquering the world? So I kind of so, so, so I see the see the wind changing more towards the latter. I see. I see. Um, okay, definitely. Um, so you see the move of going out more than going in for now. I guess. Yes. Uh, one of the things that, that that's interesting that that because going in, everybody thinks it's hard. So basically, everybody uh, and, and most of the large companies who want to come to China always come to find me and to talk to. For, for example, like you know, Uber, uh, Facebook, Airbnb, Evernote, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. They've all uh, they've all asked me how how sh- how do I enter the Chinese market? To that, I mean, that's that's actually a relatively simple question. It's the wow. same question to everybody else. <laughs> it's, a, it's a simple answer to everyone. Mm-hmm. Is that Number one, hire uh, hire a really sensible bicultural bicultural person to lead your China effort, right? Mm-hmm. Number two, really uh, be aware of how your product and services need to be modified and changed for the local market. Mm-hmm. And number three, have the commitment that uh, commit commit to China, not just an extension of uh, an Asian market. Not just a Chinese translator, but a place where you where you need to commit to changing a lot of your core closely held beliefs on how you should operate, so and you, maybe even go back on maybe even go back on completely throw away some of your advantages in the West. I see. So, so you can completely have I don't know uh, a company out of China, and then let's say. A completely different company in China, although the head office is the same one, but you're having a totally different thing or a, a totally different product. It's it's, it's a little different. Right? I think that um, every company going to any market like China needs to have uh, needs to know where its advantages are. Right. It must have an advantage, mm-hmm. otherwise you fail. <laughs> because <laughs> right, doesn't nobody cares how much money you have. And then what what brand you had? Your your product must have some sort of a uniqueness. For example, Airbnb has a uniqueness because a lot of a lot of Chinese customers, Chinese users want to go overseas, mm-hmm. and the Airbnb is a very good alternative to international hotels. So for that, Airbnb brings a unique asset to China. Mm-hmm. Uh, Google brought you know of course unique technology and services to China as well, which which are better than the local ones. But there are many products in which Google, Google's products were not were, were not better than their local ones that Google failed. On. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's not about setting up a totally different office, but be willing to customize the way you're, you're doing things to China market, which is you know it seems like everyone everyone says that, <laughs> and I say I that to everybody. I agree. But very few large companies actually execute. I don't think I know anybody who executed that, to be honest, to really execute it. So, which is one of the big reasons why they 
and then I'm I'm laughing because I I'm, I had a I spoke with a, a very large gaming company, um, and they were telling me that I mean the local office in Shanghai was uh, complaining that the head office because of because of branding will not is not willing to do a localization to the game and like we're losing money here we can't just like no that's branding we can't change anything um, and I guess they keep losing money. Yeah, I mean it's 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 pretty simple, right? If you like, it's uh, uh, treat China like a different market. Uh, it's like um, it's very simple, right? It's like I always advise everybody treat China as if you are in the U.S. market and you're trying to enter an adjacent industry. So if you are a consumer industry, if you are Uber, right? Okay, mm-hmm. well, okay. Now you're trying to sell, uh, like now you're trying to sell cupcakes, but it's a very different industry. Mm-hmm. So what would you do? You you would not just say, "Oh, I'll just have Uber, I'll just have I'll just have cupcakes all made in black," because that's Uber brand is black, <laughs> right? Oh, I'm sure people would love it because it's black. It's Uber. <laughs> but that's essentially what a lot of these people, a lot of, a lot of these companies do. Mm-hmm. They say that, "Oh, just because this worked over here in the states or in China, if they actually they would." Uh, uh, I think it's just something that's very difficult for, um, especially for Silicon Valley-based company to accept. I think I see a lot more, I say, humbleness from actually companies from from many other parts of the world. For example, from Israel, from Europe, mm-hmm. uh, who are used to dealing with other countries, other cultures. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that Silicon Valley is very, uh, unfortunately. I mean, even though I lived two years there, I have many, many. I grew up in the states. Yeah, American. I have a lot of friends there. Silicon Valley is a very, very close-minded place in, in, in many ways. It's not the first time I'm hearing this. Um, we actually had a, on the Lean Startup Meetup, we had somebody from Silicon Valley come to speak, and some of the members were saying, why we keep comparing people, uh, particularly one member, keep, keep comparing uh, Beijing to Silicon Valley. We got our own stuff. It's great having building companies here and startup. We've got a good ecosystem. It's like, stop, stop doing this. It's, it's kind of, you know... You always get compared and like you can be just China or Beijing as Beijing and that's fine. And yeah, I guess we hear, I, I heard that a lot about Silicon Valley. Right. So from all these, all these roles, I mean, you probably um, were dealing with everything. What's, what's your kind of your favorite one, you know, product or, or more of the development or maybe the sexy growth hacking that's the current buzzword. I guess. Yeah, uh, I think that um, you know a lot more technique. I think there's two levels, right? Yeah. There's process and technique, or best practices, the way of doing things. I think is that the the methodology of product development is quite similar. It should be more, getting more and more similar in China and US. For example, the way you build a product mm-hmm. is actually should be the same across, uh, especially with mobile product, because. Uh, Everybody is really essentially using iPhone or Android platform. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that one th- one thing that people get in trouble is where the inputs are. The inputs in China are different, and the input than in than in the US. So many people do not get the inputs right. Therefore, the outcome product is not right. But I see more and more like it's funny that you 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 mentioned the word growth hacking because uh, growth hacking works works in China. Same way that it works in the U.S. Okay. I mean, so my company started, uh, Pong Pong, my latest startup started uh, two years ago, wanting to to kind of marry 
social games into uh, into mobile chat. The same way that Facebook in the early days uh, used social apps for uh, for massive growth right. and 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 uh, engagement. So once we've done that, we actually have a, um, we actually use this exact similar growth hacking techniques that uh, we used back in 2008. Mm-hmm. And 2010, when I started my uh, my third sugar app company, focused on Facebook development, mm-hmm. the similar, various. I'm using I'm using very similar growth hacking uh, techniques back then from Facebook 2008 to 2010. Mm-hmm. Now 2014 to 2015, mm-hmm. on mobile in China, it all works wow. because people because all the psychological psychological principles, of course. The lots and lots of implementation differences. There was Facebook, there was WeChat, right? The lots of APIs are different, but yeah. the way that people, that motivate people to share, that motivate people to click, That's to, it's, it's the same. And the uh, and metrics never lie. And met- numbers don't have language, right? Yeah. And lang- numbers are the same in any language. You're saying so, people are people. People are people, uh, and numbers are numbers. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if you marry people, growth hack is basically marry people with numbers. And this, I, I see more and more that the same things work across China and across China and, and, and U.S. In terms of product development mm-hmm. method and the best methods. Mind, mind sharing any uh, any technique that you know works very well? Something specific? Oh, just simple stuff, right? Um, the way that we've always, uh, um, the way that one thing, simple but very important, that um, in the early days on Facebook, what we were trying to do growth hacking. Growth hacking on social platform essentially is trying to get users to share, share a piece of your product, yeah, on the timeline mm-hmm. or on the feed, right? Yeah. So their friends can see it and they click on it, and therefore they will get uh, they will uh, get access to to that. So for us. A piece of uh, um, and a piece of a product is it is it maybe a game or an app, mm-hmm. and that is manifested in itself in in a, a, a form of a post, right? A, fee, uh, a Facebook a feed posting or a WeChat moment posting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the number one uh, one of the the, the the number one technique is that that posting the title in that posting mm-hmm. must have. The post person, the the poster's name on it. So, for example, be uh, if Shlomo uh, uh, posts something like, "Oh, this is my uh, this is this is my favorite app," mm-hmm. right on there. Versus if you, if you if you if you post Shlomo wants you to download this app. Two things are say the same thing, but the pop but the post with your name on it. We have three three times the click rate. Three times the click rate. Wow. Yeah, about two point five to three times the, the click rate. Yeah, you measure because it's I'm sure. Yeah, because uh, uh, you know, um, of course, depends on the admin, like maybe less, but it's significantly more than and that just the title without a name. Mm-hmm. So, including person's name is uh, in, in all all the viral postings mm-hmm. is is one of the first rules. I see. So we're talking about growth hacking and um, I guess my next question is this is personally 
because uh, by my company, App in China, uh, we're helping the foreign apps coming into the Chinese market. And I wonder what's your opinion about promoting apps these days in the Chinese market, but not related to putting all the growth hacking system in this, more of like the more of the direct channels. What do you think or see are the best ones to to go with or different different tactics if you use them? First, we need to cover all bases, right? In the terms, you need to to just get your mind, uh, get your app available on all the uh, on all the uh, app stores, right? Right. Just basically, that's what we do. Yeah, exactly. That's what you guys do. So beyond that, how do you actually get get, get users to download them? Because there are tons of uh, where where especially uh, this year. We've seen um, a, a huge rise in terms of user acquisition cost per uh, per install mm-hmm. because of due to um, a heavy heavy spending by e-commerce companies, O2O companies, and game companies. Mm-hmm. So we've seen average acquisition cost more than doubled in the last six months. So which is huge wow. for especially for for high target, highly valuable user in, in, in some app stores. Mm-hmm. So of course. This is we are also coming up at the at the at the highest season, right? The end of year shopping season with the with uh, with the uh, uh, singles day, right. November eleventh, and etc. So we we probably reach a high point, but this is pretty damn high. <laughs> so <laughs> so it's uh, so what do you do, right? If you don't have uh, especially with the, the mega companies formed by Meituan and uh, Dianping and uh, each with a few, only a few billion dollars to spend on acquisition. How, if you don't have a billion dollars to spend that's required use in China, mm-hmm. what do you do? Right. So, <laughs> even if you have a hundred million use to spend acquisition in China, that's still not much, to be honest. So, what do you do? Million is not much. Yeah, it's not much. It's not much. It's not much. Like, 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 you don't even call if you if you if you, if you only uh, if you only raise hundred million, then you're too embarrassed to call mom about. So, okay. Uh, and then, so what do you do? I think the answer is still in social. I think social is WeChat and Weibo mm-hmm. and uh, our and also upcoming video social platforms are still the main, still main gateway, uh, uh, really important gateways to to uh, influence and reach your target users. So mm-hmm. I've seen. So uh, I mean, we, we, we we've certainly. Really benefited from uh, from that. We've gotten we have about thirty million users mm-hmm. after our app was launched last year in June. Most of the users come from on um, our viral apps on WeChat. So we have so, so we have yes we have driven about uh, over twenty million users from WeChat to our app through these uh, uh, through our viral HTML five based apps that go around on WeChat and. You you simply cannot spend money to get that to get that kind of volume, and I know many other apps have done some same 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 thing as well. So I think it's a matter of uh, uh, really think about how do you actually because we as uh, app makers, right, our app occupies a hundred percent or in some cases a hundred and twenty percent of our our energy and attention, but to our users, it only occupies a slice of the everyday life. So first of all, if you want to reach user, you go where they spend the most time on. Right. They don't actually don't spend much. They, they actually don't spend that much time on, on app stores. They spend the most time on social media. 
So how, so the, the question is, okay, great. That's where they spend time on. But how do you reach them? How do you craft a story or catch a, a craft an interaction that actually they want to engage in? So it's kind of, it's, it's kind of the, using the, um, what I call the old fashioned words of social media marketing, but no one, no one actually does that well, right? Yeah. Social media marketing nowadays still much, still just spending money to buy uh, public accounts mm-hmm. to send advertising to people. That's it. There's, there's very little interaction. So going back into um, more deeply into games in China, Gaming in China in general, obviously, is, um, you know, that's the golden cup here right. in China. Um, by the way, I'm on the East Coast in America, not in Beijing now. <laughs> it's, four in okay. the morning. it's four in the morning now. <laughs> okay, I got it. <laughs> Just don't be confused. <laughs> no, no worries. Um, anyway, so talking about gaming, I mean, it's so, so crowded now when people are trying to go in and localize and big companies and smaller ones. Do you see any, any more opportunities? Like, you know, the market is full. There's nowhere to go there. Um, there's nothing more to do. I know that you do the social stuff and, and uh, I read more of that. You're doing more of the quizzes for women and things like that that work for you. But more of the general ones, the general uh, genres of games. Uh, so let's look at the overall market in China, right? The overall market in China is still growing, growing quite rapidly, actually. But it's getting, it's getting insanely competitive, mm-hmm. right? The, the, the early days of, of everybody gets fast growth in mobile China markets is kind of over. So it's, its growth now is captured by top companies. Yeah, for small, it's getting very hard this year, especially for for small companies to uh, to break up. So it's uh, um, because uh, the again, unfortunately, App Store, the uh, App Store is only so big, right? You can only access and browse so many games on the App Store ranking list. Yes, right. So top twenty games, people spend a lot of money on, and those capture a disproportionately large large set of revenues. So again, I think that the uh, uh, it's getting. I was thinking it's getting uh, unless you have a special IP, mm-hmm. or unless you guys have very very a lot of money, or you have a very uh, loyal fan base. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to get to get uh, distribution now in China, and um, with the the sort of the funding, the funding winter as we as everybody's calling it. Mm-hmm. Funding drying dry up a lot for game companies uh, in the past six months. Very few companies got funded. Well, so hit or miss thing. Uh, it's a, yeah, I mean because it's a problem that like where's the exit, right? I was as I was as Zynga before. Mm-hmm. Zynga went public, but you know what's what's the performance, right? There's, there was no good performance. There's very few good performance public game companies. King just got bought by. Uh, uh, Blizzard because well, King has uh, King topped out at Candy Crush. Mm-hmm. It was had no more hits, right? And then the the Supercell guys after Clash of Clans mm-hmm. did not have more hits, but they were smart in just selling it to Gunpo in Japan. So you're right, game is a hit a hit a miss business, and then it, that's. And that's the main reason why, uh, but also it's a, it's an, an easy to start business. 
it's easy to ge- to generate cash and revenue because it only costs cost people. People and, and, and it only has the least costly in terms of the into development. Right, but you need a lot of localization. Let's say if you're a foreign company, then that's that's. Uh... You gotta do a heavy, heavy localization, especially for games. They're not talking about utilities and stuff like that. Uh, not necessarily anymore. I think that not necessarily anymore. A lot because China has become much more international, right? Yeah. Uh, I think that a lot of games just having a basic, a basic uh, language translation mm-hmm. work in China, work wow. very well in China. That's the so, first time uh, I hear this. That's really surprising. Yes. So. I think that if, but you, but you must have a high quality game. You have a high quality game, it work in China. So I think that's an, um, but the problem is that uh, do you have partners that can help you get, get, get distribution? Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Can you actually get it? You probably not. Right. Yeah, yeah, so, um, if you can't get distribution, then you will die. <laughs> so <laughs> most companies have died. I've, I've seen like 50 companies die in the last month, 50. which is, which, yeah, which is quite normal, you know, because is, this area is entirely oversupplied. Yeah. Huge oversupplies. And everybody has, there's no differentiation in products. And the apps, the phone screen is only so so big. The ranking list can only hold about 100 games. Right. People don't want to browse more than 100 games. Yeah, right. Do you see specifically any advantage for foreign companies coming in? I guess it's only if they have their their IP or only a successful game. If they're coming with their own game, well, I, what's your opinion? I, I don't think, think it's a, advantage. creativity, right? Game is always creativity, right? It's uh, uh, about, if you have a, a special game, mm-hmm. then you should try it, right. right? If you have a special game that is different from anything, anything in the market, then absolutely, definitely try it. Let's, let's, let's open this creativity thing in China because you've mentioned it. Do you, do you really think there's still a difference in this? Um, I think that there's a, um, I think there is, especially in the casual genre, right? I think Chinese game developers are just not, don't, don't have the, the, the depth of experience uh, in terms of making casual, truly, really fun casual games. Because China, China is not a pay-to-download market yet, mm-hmm. uh, whereas the, 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 the rest of the world is. So Chinese developers are not incentivized to develop pay-to-download games. So they focus the time on much more virtuous driven. The store more, doesn't, even, doesn't even have the section. None of the stores yeah, have a section exactly. for pay for pay, pay to play. <laughs> exactly. So therefore, um, I think that a lot of these things uh, don't work that well. So um, you have a that's like any other game genre, any other product requires a lot of experience. King was able to make Candy Crush because it made ten years before <laughs> mastery games. <laughs> it did not mastery game was certainly not. <laughs> Candy Crush was not their first master game. It's more like their hundredth. Mm-hmm. So, wow. there, so there you go. I see. And talking about local partners, any chance for somebody going of their own or the local partner, um, let's call it theme, that you have to be, that when you're going into China is still a strong thing, you think? I think the, uh, I think the issue is that I think that I would say it depends on the game. If a game requires it requires heavy optimization, shall we say, uh, you know, a, a lot of tuning into that game balance, yeah. maybe changing some of the, of the game story, maybe some art, game then definitely, yeah, then you need local partners. Yeah. But if it's a simple enough game, then there's only a couple of ma- because the top app stores are consolidated. So I've seen so you can either 
if you so, but there's there's still many many app many other app stores out there. For example, I work with uh, our app is uh, uh, my marketing department works about thirty different channels, mm-hmm. thirty different apps for uh, for Android. Okay. So I think that that um, if you have if you don't have anybody on the ground who can build this relationship with you, mm-hmm. then a partner uh, a partner in China is definitely a, a, a recommended route. I see. I see. Um, now I let myself ask you uh, this question just because you're an ex Googler, but yeah, what is what do you know about the rumors uh, of Google coming to China? You read things all around, and nobody's sure. You know anything explicit that you can say? <laughs> well, uh, interesting. Well, I mean, when I was in China, Google China oh five oh seven, I I basically built a mobile business for for Google in China, so I have a little bit bit of uh, experience with that. I think that they are coming in China. It's, it's open. It's it's actually open. Uh, it's pretty open. Google is pretty open about it. Mm-hmm. Sometime next year, Google Play will be launched in China. Mm-hmm. So, but a Chinese version of Google Play, which means that it needs to needs to meet its regulations. Oh, for sure. That's right. That's the basic stuff. But how they uh, and also it, it also it will give uh, the the question is how will Google Play. Get onto to real phones, existing existing phones in China. That's yeah. the problem because it will require users to actually download it. Andy, as far as I know, they're already they have some market share. I think it's five to eight percent. But this is from pre-installs and it doesn't work, obviously. But I'm, I think, as far as I know, they're there. Yeah, at least that. So five percent, probably less than that, that are, are really activated. Very few people are actually using it because. Uh, They don't have the, the same kind of apps that uh, that they don't have the same kind of apps that um, the other app stores have, right? Mm-hmm. Most most apps developers in China, if they develop only for Chinese market, do not even bother to put their apps on Google Play. Right. So, right. So if you don't have these, so, so to take an 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 issue, how do you incentivize developers to actually put your app on Google Play? <laughs> <laughs> and how do you and how do you, how do you incentivize uh, users to to actually download download Google Play as a at a, 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 a store as a, the existing users? Mm-hmm. Right. So Google may be able to to strong arm uh, many of the uh, uh, many of the, man, the manufacturing in the future to mm-hmm. free install Google Play, but that's in the future, yeah. right? Well, they're going to spend a lot of money. Six, seven hundred million phones, uh, active users out there. What about building phones out there right now? So, how does Google plan to cover that and compete against the other the other app stores, which have a ton of money as well? Yes. Right. So, and 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 also they are able to customize the each app store to have many more services than just an app store. So again, right. I think that is that 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 that, that, that it's not clear. Uh, at least I, I don't really know the details. How Google, Google plans to differentiate mm-hmm. and to compete or cooperate with the with the local app stores? Yeah, I mean, they, on one hand, they want Google. Google want to go in, but on the other hand, they can't cooperate with any one of the big companies because they all have stores. Yeah, so I don't know how that works, right? I, 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 if I were to do, I wouldn't know how to start either. To be honest, <laughs> well, you need so, to spend a lot of money. <laughs> oh, it's not about money. It's never about the money. Money will not buy you loyalty for users. You got to remember that that 
money will if you don't have the the right i'm saying it's a start i'm saying it's a start but then it's tough it's tough you know it's like it's like i'm talking about um this is this is a i'm talking about 100 million dollars to begin with Mm -hmm. is who is able google will i spend 100 million dollars marketing google play in china yeah i don't know right i'm not sure i did but it will take 100 to 300 million dollars to make a dent in the market wow Wow, that's amazing. So that's kind of a, uh, the investment. So okay, with no guarantee results. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs> but they're Google, so that's okay. They'll they'll be okay. Yeah, no, no, no. will be okay. But yeah, okay. anyway. Just last simple question. Sure. People want to get in touch with you. What would be the best way? Uh, which channels are open? Uh, asking questions. If you're open for questions from our listeners. Sure. Uh, I think the best way to contact me on, on email. Mm-hmm. My email is is Andy Tian T I A N. That's Andy T I A N at uh, asiainnovations.com. It's a long email, but it's one word. Andy Tian at asiainnovations.com. Mm-hmm. Or you can find me on LinkedIn. Just search for Andy Tian T I N on LinkedIn, and you'll find all my information there as well. We're going to add this uh, at the show notes. We're going to add the link there to your LinkedIn profile as well. Okay, sure. Yeah, perfect. That's, that's the best place for you. You can have my, my email address. Email me anytime. Okay, okay. Andy, it was a pleasure, pleasure having you uh, here on the podcast. I really thank you for your time um, and all the insights you gave us. And I really hope to see you soon, probably in Shanghai, I guess. Sure. Just come over, uh, like whenever you are, you want some real Chinese food. Andy, thank you so much. Doing business in China is a complex world. You can quickly feel alone and lost in its maze. But don't worry, China Businesscast is here for you. Sign up for our newsletter and regular updates on our website at www.chinabusinesscast.com. Thanks for tuning in.